41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do. They move around just like this. But do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? Hello, and welcome to Lenny and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. Great to see you all again. Yes, thanks for coming back. I can't see any of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're just out there. We trust that you're listening. We can sense their presence. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing something a little different today. Uh-huh. Normally, this is the podcast where I'm supposed to know everything about what we're talking about. <laughs> And then uh, Kinley's supposed to know nothing. Yeah. And then we, I, I give you half of my knowledge and then, then we both know half of Leonard Cohen. Right. At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, this time uh, we're both more or less coming in as beginners, I think. I love that. Let's um, mix this up. Because we're not doing a Leonard Cohen album. We are doing a Leonard Cohen covers album. Mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer Warren's, we've mentioned her a lot. She's been a backup singer and done duets with our guy. We stand. Indeed, we stand. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the bonus track is <laughs> Jennifer Warren's cover of Stan. By oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's been friends with him and uh, professional partners for many years now. We've enjoyed many of their songs together. Yeah. Hits like The Smoky Life. Mm -hmm. And, um, Others, I mean, God Tower knows. of Song, She's, yeah. yeah, that's huge. Yeah, although this album came out before Tower of Song, which yeah, that's we'll, right. We'll we'll situate this in in time. Yeah, we we could have done this episode first, but like we talked about last week, this album has some songs on it that are on Leonard Cohen's "I'm Your Man" from the year after, and we wanted to get to the Leonard Cohen versions first. Yeah, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, this is Jennifer Warren's album. It's all Leonard Cohen songs. Uh-huh. Mostly previously heard ones, but as I said, there's two from I'm Your Man, and there's one song that has never been heard yes. elsewhere, Yeah, basically. Uh, not by any Leonard Cohen recording or anyone affiliated with Leonard Cohen in a studio setting, mm -hmm. except for here. Um, and we'll get to that, too. But I guess we'll we'll just give a little recap of Jennifer Warren's not her whole career, but just how she relates to Leonard Cohen, more sure. or less. Um, so she was a singer and actor. When they met in 1972, she joined his tour that year. Um, she kept up her own career, but I don't think she ever had any like really big hits in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, but she had an album produced by John Cale, uh, a couple albums, lots of self-titled albums. Oh, one, really? one called Jennifer, one called Jennifer Warren's. Wow. Um, but so she rejoins Leonard Cohen for his 1979 tour. He warned her she shouldn't sing backup as it could affect her solo career. But mm. she loved touring with Leonard Cohen and she said she wanted time and inspiration to write 
and the tour would give her that. Cool. And while there, she met the bass player Roscoe Beck from that tour, and they became a couple. And they hatched an idea at some point to do an album full of Leonard Cohen covers. But Columbia Records turned them down. Mm. Columbia Records in the 80s. Co- they just awful to Leonard Cohen. Yeah, they do not H- care hate, for the man. Hate the very idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jennifer and Roscoe were determined. Jennifer said it was a record that had to be made. And it seems she thought this was as much for Leonard Cohen as for herself. Oh, she I- said, Leonard had years of mixed reviews and I think he had lost faith. By this time, mid-80s, uh-huh. Jennifer Warren's had scored a huge hit with the song Up Where We Belong from the movie Officer and a Gentleman, oh. a duet with Joe Cocker. That's that one. Oh, my God, that's uh, love her? Love us up where we belong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's her. Oh, no way. Oh, cool. Indeed. That's great. Um, but even so, even with that big hit under her belt, Nobody wanted to release an album of Leonard Cohen covers until yeah. finally they found a small independent record label called Cypress who agreed to do it and they started recording. Mm-hmm. About 40 musicians played on this record, including uh, Sharon Robinson singing, Stevie Ray Vaughan playing guitar, great, and Van Dyke Parks uh, as an orchestral arranger. He's uh, most notable to me, at least, from his work on Joanna Newsom's East. Oh, cool. Uh, he, he did the arrangements of all the... The orchestral stuff on that. That's so, yeah, that's an album I still have stuff. to listen to. Yeah, but you you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I've yeah, heard, you've um, heard Emily. Yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah. Emily. So yes, I definitely know. So Famous Blue Raincoat released in February 1987 and did way better than anyone was expecting. Love basically. that. Um, when Golden Canada sold three quarters of a million in the u.s oh ain't no cure for love was a not a huge hit but a decent sized hit oh okay um and as we talked about last week uh one can easily make the argument that she really did pave the way for a leonard cohen comeback she sort of like changed the perception of leonard cohen wow in the uh, popular imagination in the late mid to late 80s yeah cool uh and this is uh by the by but later that year Jennifer Warrens would have another huge, huge hit. I never knew this until doing research for this episode, but she, along with Bill Medley, performed the big original song from Dirty Dancing, I've Had the Time of My Life. No way! Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. She, uh, movie soundtracks seem to have yeah. been the kindest to her commercially. Yeah, damn. Um, but that's sick. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Great movie, great song. Yeah. Great performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great time. But we're, that, that's getting ahead of things because that came after right. Famous Blue Raincoat. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just, uh, we'll jump into it. Yeah, let's do it. We'll look at the cover. Mm-hmm. I don't unfortunately have a record of the, oh, we should also mention that um, when this album came out, it had nine songs on it. Right. There was a 20th anniversary re-release, which uh, added four tracks to the end and we're talking about that one we're Mm -hmm. gonna do all 13 tracks yes so buckle up yeah (laughs) which also means there's a few different album covers to look at i don't have any of them on vinyl but i've got pictures up for us to look at here even in the original there's like oh seems like a weird number of different versions but they all have this crumpled blue raincoat on them and the famous uh, one and it's sitting on some kind of uh sheet yellow sheet and there's a bunch of there's an ashtray that's been overturned uh-huh 
in the corner. Um, and sometimes this whole image is put on a weird white background. Sometimes it's not. I don't know why. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I don't love the raincoat. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm bothered by it being like cut off at both sides mm. rather than being on the innocent. Is it? Oh, well, one side isn't cut off in another version of the album. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't. I, I, um, wait, go back to the other one. Sorry to people at home who can't see, <laughs> but I think I think I probably prefer the other version where the photos cropped in it. I agree. Yeah, it's classier. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this one just I, looks kind of. I, I like know, the like ashtray the best. That's the best detail here. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a sorted scene we're looking at, but it seems so like staged. Yeah, like, it's just like there's this coat laid perfectly flat along yeah. the bed, but yet. The bed has been the scene of uh, <laughs> such a uproar that a whole ashtray has been overturned. It doesn't. It doesn't jibe. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not huge on this. The twentieth anniversary one could be even worse. I think so. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jennifer. Yeah, the music's good. Well, again, we've got. Well, this would have been if it's twentieth anniversary. What mid two thousands. Yeah, and it certainly has that look again. Yeah, we we have a we've been covering a lot of like mid two thousands like artwork. Yeah, this. this could totally, and I'm sure it was sold many times from the counter of a Starbucks. And, Abs, and that is it. It yeah. would fit right in. That is exactly it. Yeah, and really like um, maybe playing off uh, Joni Mitchell's blue. Um, uh-huh. cause they've just put the blue raincoat on a blue background without any of the bedsheet or ashtray business. Mm -hmm. And they've emphasized the word blue in the title even by making it blue. Yeah. So it's, it's a really, it's a blue <laughs> record. Yeah. It's, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. That's please. Let's get into the, <laughs> let's get into the tunes. Oh, oh what's wait, this? No, first, yeah, we have to talk about, um, the picture that Leonard oh Cohen drew to be the cover. I think it is like on the back of the record. Not like the whole backside, I don't think. Maybe it is actually. I don't know. Uh-huh. But anyway, he drew this picture of uh, one hand passing a torch to another hand. And it says, Jenny sings Lenny. See, I'm here for this. Yeah. Imagine I, if this was the cover. Yeah, I Leonard love Leonard Cohen would never have come back. Yeah. And it's... this podcast wouldn't exist. I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But it's very charming. Yeah, it's and it's like oh, sorry, I don't know if you said, it, but it's like it's like a doodle, effectively. Yeah, it's very yeah. amateur. Yeah, but it's great. Jen and Jenny sings Lenny. That's just very charming. That yeah. and spe I think just speaks to the nature of their relationship and camaraderie, which yeah. I think is sweet. Totally. Yeah. That yeah. they always yeah they always look like they're having such fun together and yeah. pictures together. Or if they're not having fun, they look like they're uh, they're in on something together, right? That, that you don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny Sings Lenny. Yeah, this would be a different world if the album was called Jenny Sings Lenny. Also, is this the first time, because, you know, we're Lenny and Coco, but is this the first time he's been referred to as Lenny in something? Like At least that we've covered, yeah. yeah. I was going to say in any kind of professional con. Well, no, I guess if this was on the back of the album cover, that's a, yeah. a sort of a professional context. Yeah, because I, I was just here thinking that was just our little joke, but I guess it's been acknowledged by the man himself. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, it's the nickname for Lenny. Yeah. For Leonard, rather. <laughs> You're probably, um, yeah, for Lenny. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think you can get away from it if your name's Leonard. It's sure. Someone's going to someone's gonna be calling you that. Someone's going to Lenny you. People called me Nedward 
all mm. the time when I was young. Oh God, I, I still do that sometimes. <laughs> You're allowed. Great. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> the first song is First We Take Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I'm coming now. I'm coming to reward them. First We Take Manhattan. And so, yeah, as we mentioned, this was the first time the world was hearing First We Take Manhattan. Yeah, that's interesting. Leonard Cohen had sent her this song. She didn't care for quite all of it. She took out <laughs> those verses about uh, the monkeys and the violins. Oh, right. The, the evil villain. Yeah. We g- I don't know if the Leonard's evil villain laugh was like in the official lyrics that oh, he right. sent. But <laughs> oh, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Anyway, what do you think of this? Track one. Uh... I I like it. It has a very you know what it. I mean, because they sound pretty different, but it reminded me of um, remember "Run with Us" by oh, Lisa yeah. Lohe- of course. Lo- Loheed. Loheed? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. For for any um Canadians, especially ca- Canadian millennials, you may remember "Run with Us" from uh, the Raccoons that I believed uh, played during the credits, and uh, it's a wonderful little Canadian pop song, and it has very much yeah, it's that just like. 80s sleek pop energy yeah it's it's good it's it's interesting to think of like what it would be like hearing this version first Mm -hmm. and i can't i can't picture it but it's good yeah it's cool yeah steve ray vaughn plays guitar on this and he very prominently goes wild (laughs) yeah so roscoe beck knew him they like came from i think they like came up together kind of in the music scene where they were from and uh he took Jennifer and Leonard, Jenny and Lenny. <laughs> he took them to come see a Stevie Ray Vaughan show. And Leonard was supposedly amazed saying, now that's what I've been trying to get my guitar players to do for years. Make the guitar talk. Oh, I can picture Leonard being, uh, being into a show <laughs> by Stevie Ray Vaughan. I can't really picture him going home and like putting on the records. Okay. Later. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. He's just, he's like one of those guitarist people. Like you just picture someone just playing like standard blues licks with a gross look on their face. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's Stevie Ray Vaughan pretty much. Right. But I will say he's doing a pretty good job here. Um, Who's Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Re- restrained somewhat. Uh, lyrical. Yeah. In the, uh, <laughs> in his playing, in like his little like interstitial bits like when he's just like uh punctuating a line he's Uh really good when he gets to a solo yeah i'm not (laughs) feeling it so much it just uh, it just leaves me cold i get yeah i can see that because at first when you said restrained i was like restrained well compared to what stevie ray vaughn might do i guess okay i guess i'm not super used to uh what he usually does i'm no expert but i yeah i could just imagine this being just like uh I don't know. It's kind of, it's like, uh, makes me think of plastic, that kind of guitar style. It's just like oh, putting right. a bunch of plastic on stuff. Wow. If you just can picture that. Yeah. Um, neat metaphor. I see where you're coming from. And I don't usually love it. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily like, re- it's like fun to hear yeah, sort of, but I don't, I don't really like, yeah, it doesn't like resonate with me really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think he is like in tune with the vibe of the song. 
y- yeah. for the most part and is adding to it yeah. for the most part. So can't go wrong. And we, ha- we haven't talked about the woman herself, but what is made immediately clear is the, vo- the vocals are correct. She yeah, she's just, good. She is so, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's very good. And yeah, this, yeah, this one suits her voice really nicely. Yeah, good start. Yeah. I'd say it's pretty good. I think there's better on this album. Yeah. But I think, I, I think it's a good bar that is set. Yeah. 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 We, we like gain something in a smoothness of approach, mm-hmm. which like, I mean, some people maybe would uh, just take that as a negative automatically when talking about a Leonard Cohen song. But I think uh, we really are getting something worthwhile here with the the more like smooth, poppy, approachable sound. Yeah. Like it really does give a, a different effect to the song and can like bring more people in. Yeah. And uh, it's fun to listen to, like you said. Yeah. Um, so we gain a bit there, but we also lose... A lot of the like particularity of Leonard's performance. Uh huh. So I'm I'm always just kind of torn with uh, with this kind of thing. It's like, is this uh, you know is this really like worthwhile if we're just like losing out on an artist's individuality just to like make something that's a little more like fun? But I don't know. Well. I guess I also like in terms of timelines a little because like this song was technically written for her, wasn't it? I don't know if it's quite accurate to say it was written for okay. her, but maybe. Okay, I'm not. I, yeah, I was. I, I'm asking you because yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not it totally was, sure. It was given to her. Okay, so he was obviously very comfortable with it. Yeah, like it could have been like you know some massive crazy hit, and like then would be associated with her forever. Yeah, that was certainly. But then, yeah, especially if. hers came first and the question is whose is it yeah that's true yeah but it also it wasn't a co-write right like leonard wrote this song yeah yeah okay yep i like it i think i think it like is a i think it's a good start to the album it's not my favorite on the album but like i think it kicks off with a good energy yeah yeah i can get behind that statement it's also got a fun music video yes it's yeah that we we just just, watched yeah we were just watching that just before we turned on these microphones um you should go watch it. It's great. It exists on YouTube in about the worst quality I've ever seen a video exist in. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, you'll have fun. The vibe shines through. Yeah. And and uh, our guy Leonard Cohen makes uh, an appearance. Yeah. We I don't know if you caught it. We saw the location of the banana photo from I'm Your Man. I yeah I I did I remembered that from from last time. Yeah. And I could see the similarities even through all the the chunky pixels. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I was a little worried on this song that we'd have like full album of just these like pretty good, smooth, yeah, renditions. But luckily, some tracks are like that. Luckily, yeah. several are also not like that. Yes, um, I would say like this next one is yeah. not like that. Bird on the wire yeah. is next. This is sick. Yeah, yeah, this sucks me up just like right off the bat. Yeah, this one's, uh, I was trying to look ahead to see if this statement I was about to make was true, but this is probably the biggest adaptational difference in terms of original to 
yeah and to like the, changing the vibe of the song yeah yeah it's sure. not just yeah not just instrumentally but like the the tone of it yeah we got these like huge really theatrical drums oh my god and the like drums a, they're great they're so good yeah and the instrumentation <laughs> is just like again theatrical it's like set in a scene yeah it's it's not just like the folky kind of background for a song that yeah. we're used to in burn on the wire i think this was a really good choice of song to give this kind of treatment to yeah because it's one of leonard's like songier songs <laughs> if you know what i mean it's uh, not really but please expand on that, it, it doesn't have like some of leonard cohen's songs have this extreme particularity or like a very specific kind of lyric to them mm -hmm. that can only be leonard cohen oh okay and can probably only be delivered in a certain way yeah but burn in the wire is more like a classic folk song it's got like short words it's yeah. got a clear surface level meaning even if there could be anything going on underneath but it's the kind of song that you can hear it once and take something from it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, which means there's a lot of room for interpretation. Yeah. And that the song can fit really nicely into this like theatrical kind of dressing. And it means that Jennifer Warnes gets to like vamp it up a little bit yeah. while still like totally fitting within the the vibe of the song that yeah. she's created. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm undecided because I, I largely agree, and I think for the most part the song works. I'm undecided about whether I feel that the tone of the song works with, in particular, with the the baby stillborn beast with its horn. Mm. It's some, something about it feels a little like tonally off, and that it doesn't th that that imagery like doesn't land as well within this version. Yeah, I didn't pick that out in particular. I would okay. say that in general the lyrics don't land as strongly. No, not as strong, but I think, but, I think that's where it like really stood out for me. Cause I could, the rest of them could are like, okay, I can, I can vibe with this, but the, those were the ones that like stood out to me. Yeah. I guess. Cause they're the, just the, the heavier part of the song anyway. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is where this kind of interpretation can break down mm -hmm. if, uh, if the lyrics get a little too heavy for this more like fun and vibey instrumentation to be able to handle yeah but uh it certainly comes very close yeah <laughs> I, th I think I it pulls it off mostly. Uh, yeah i agree um, and i do just again want to remark on those drums I yeah i love them so they're huge this one's just <laughs> great to listen to yeah um sometimes there are sometimes when like a smooth 80s production can sound totally soulless yeah like an apple store uh-huh <laughs> But if everything works, it can sound so sleek and futuristic and vibey. Yeah. Like an Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. And uh, <laughs> this one works. This is this is uh, easily one of the top tracks on here for me. Yeah, I can get behind that. Not necessarily number one, but... Yeah, I wouldn't. But dang close. Yeah. And uh, the first time listening to this record, I was so psyched on Bird on the Wire. And I knew... Track three was famous blue raincoat. Uh -huh. And so I said, okay, Jenny, <laughs> you're doing it. You're on, you're on a streak. Yeah. Track two, better than track one. We're on the up and up. You, uh -huh. you can make me like famous blue raincoat. Let's uh -huh. go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. No. All right. I heard these, uh, overwrought <laughs> saxophones begin <laughs> and I knew it was not to be. It's four in the morning 
the end of December I'm writing you now just to see if you're better New York is and it's, so, <laughs> it's so slow uh-huh it's so slow you know I I disagree with you. Okay, great. I I, yeah. I do agree about the saxophone. I do think it's overwrought, and that that was one of my notes. Being like, I really wish that was gone. Honestly, this this version, as as I think you were hoping going in, I feel it like turning me a little oh, no. with this song. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be left I, all alone. No, I think yeah, I think it sounds great with the piano, and I think her she's really selling it. I just think it's lovely, and um, it's. Oh, you do have the Jennifer Warren's lyrics up because I was trying to find these and I couldn't because this is maybe the most changed lyrically. Yeah, I'd like to talk about that. Yes, let's. I uh, thought it was kind of <laughs> weird listening to this album so much during Pride Month because... Um, oh my God. <laughs> there are times when the insistent gender swapping really just sounds to me like someone who's really afraid of coming off gay and they're like no no no, i'm not gay look it's i'm changing it's it's not about a woman it's about a man this line don't worry yeah i i don't necessarily have like that thought i think just because like that's such like a common thing especially in like more popular music where like with covers and like the the gender swapping of like whatever pronouns or what have you but it is just yeah there is a quality where where i just think what why can't you just like, it's not a, it's not a big deal. Well, and this song is such a difficult one to pull that off in because yeah. it's about a love triangle, mm-hmm. which in the original was two men and a woman. And it just gets very complicated to follow this song when she changes things. And sometimes so she's like, uh, and you treated some woman to a flake of your life. When she got home, she was nobody's wife. But the some woman then has to be someone entirely separate from any of the three people in this triangle because it's, it hasn't been mentioned before, but she just needs to say some woman instead of my woman. Yeah. And it just, uh, it weakens the song because it's like, who cares about this some woman? This is like not part of the song. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I, I found it confusing. I, I was coming here to be like, let's get to the bottom of like what's going on with the meaning here. I'm not necessarily like adverse to like, trying to take on like a, a different kind of meaning. I think that could be neat, but it's just, yeah, it doesn't really come across well here. Yeah. I think you probably could maybe parse this and like figure out what all the he's and she's are referring to. <laughs> but when you get a verse that starts with, you treated some woman to affect your life, but then immediately you go back to, I see Jane's awake and she sends it regards. Then the mm-hmm. whole thing just feels really disjointed. Yep. And, uh, I don't know. I never want to hear this song again. <laughs> well, they, yeah, fair. I mean, this, this was... The <laughs> I will, though. We definitely will. My mind's getting changed back. No, I'm just kidding. No, I just, I just think I, I sort of... Um, you know, with, with the podcast, at, at least until we go through all the albums, I'm basically going album by album and everything behind me is behind me. And so I'm not really doing like a lot of revisiting, except for the songs that like I really love, which obviously this one wasn't. And so I sort of, I don't know, I, 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 I think a little more of like the beauty, especially like musically and like melodically, like came through on this one. I'm, I'm just interested in 
revisiting it. I don't think like it's gone up and <laughs> to the absolute tops. Like I still don't get quite that, you know, this album is called famous blue raincoat. This is a very like covered song. I actually, um, looking for lyrics. I realized there's a, there's a Marissa Nadler cover of the song and I haven't listened to it yet, hmm. but I like her. So I want to check that one out, but yeah, like I like it just lose the saxophone because it's, <laughs> it's way too much. Yeah. But like, I don't know the, the, sl- the slowness you speak of doesn't really bother me. Cause it like, it, it is a slow song. It was a slow song to begin with. Yeah. I just feel like this album <laughs> comes out of the gate pretty strong. I see what you mean. And the uh, pace gets really disrupted here by this. And then, um, the next track is, uh, an eight minute Joan of Arc. Right. Um, which is, uh, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk about that now? We, we can move on. Yeah, it's got a full minute of intro, so I don't know what clip we'll play here, but we'll figure it out. It's a minute? Yeah. Now the flames, they followed Joan of Arc. She came riding through the dark. No moon to keep her armor bright. No man to get her through this dark and small. I, <laughs> yeah, that it's funny sitting here, <laughs> wait, waiting for it to get. I was like, oh yeah, this is a really long intro. I don't think I even really like clocked. I mean, obviously, I knew this was a long song, but that intro felt especially long just now. That said, I really like how it opens with that like. I don't know what if like effect is created with that guitar, but it's sort of like oh yeah, it sounds great. Slight, yeah, no, it, it's really nice. But, I, I don't have actually a problem with the intro, right? I don't even really have a problem with this song per se. Yeah, but well, okay. So were you surprised when uh, Leonard Cohen showed up? Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's Jenny sings Lenny, not Jenny and Lenny sing Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fun moment. But I, I mean, yeah, I don't. I guess I was surprised. I don't really remember it, but because it had less an effect maybe because I had already heard this as a duet on Cohen Live, which is the live album from this era of Leonard Cohen. Oh, okay. From uh, 1994. Oh, really? Okay. Um, It's not Jennifer Warren's. It's someone else. I can't remember her name. But yeah. I do remember the first time listening to that, the uh, delightful surprise when I realized that this was going to be like a back and forth duet. Yeah. Because it really does make sense for the song. It's really cool to yeah, do it that way. For sure. Um, but I think it's better there. Okay. The, on that one, Leonard's voice is like super scratchy. Mm. I don't know if it, maybe it was like the end of a tour and <laughs> he was kind of sick. Yeah. But it really works there because the female singer's voice is like super clear. And it's more of a striking contrast than here where the female singer is also super clear, but Leonard is kind of like plotting He's, yeah that's his true. voice sounds like it's 1979 again what I, what to, happened to totally beautiful various positions voice yeah because what it was only a year before right this was after various positions oh sorry no i mean a year before um yeah I'm but, your man. but he was already sounding so deep on like coming back to you and stuff like right that. Like, yeah what happened here? no i was confused i thought maybe it was like an alternate like they, that they like clipped like an alternate recording or something whoa conspiracy theory time <laughs> I, but, but yeah like i i like you was baffled because it really sounded like i mean it sounded like it was just off the songs of love and hate version not i mean not directly i just mean like from that era i don't know i never read anything about them um 
just taking like an alternate take or something and putting it in here, but anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I quite like this one. Honestly, I like how, I like, uh, how the, the, the la la la's that part gets very big. I always like when things get big. Well, not always, but I think it, <laughs> I think it, I think it works here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like, that is true. And I hate to have to say, like, I do think Leonard's vocals, like, bring this down a little bit, unfortunately, <laughs> especially when you're putting them next to someone as technically proficient as Jennifer Warren's when mm. it doesn't, when he doesn't like when you're talking about that sort of like scratch, not scratchy, but, or did you say scratchy? I did, but I was talking about the Cohen live version. Yeah. Yeah. With, with that. And like, especially when that voice I imagine could embody more of the idea of like a fire or like mm. the, of the wood, like the crackling wood. True. Yeah. But this is just kind of, it's just there. It's just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, luckily there's a second, version of this song on this album so, yes there is so perhaps we'll correct some of these issues uh-huh. um one little detail i do really like though i like this um this double tracking of the vocals where there's a quiet one in the background that's a lot more like singery uh-huh and the the upfront version is just doing it pretty straight yeah um which feels like maybe it's a little nod to leonard's choice in the original version where he switches between like uh the spoken word and the singing good connection um, love that so that's a nice little detail yeah that's great a bad detail is the <laughs> power ballad guitar that comes in towards the end it's mm. just uh no thanks uh-huh but there ain't no cure for Power ballad guitars. <laughs> or for love. That's right. We've made it through the attempts at serious statements on this record. And now we get into like a little easier going stretch for a little bit. Yeah. So that's nice. Here we go. Ain't no cure for love. You know, this is this is funny because yeah, we just listened to a little clip from the beginning and I was going to come in here saying I think this one's all right. I'm not this wasn't one that like really <laughs> compelled me in any way. But I don't know. Hearing that again, she's given it. I just I just don't no, that it, like does a lot that is like <laughs> like it's all it is different from the the um I'm your man version but it's not so different it had definitely the sort of same ish musical idea but hers is maybe a little like I don't know jauntier is that <laughs> the right word yeah that fits uh but I don't know so I don't know. I'm in Zora two minds about it, but I, th I think it's fine. This was not one of my favorites. I think it's an interesting track for what you're pointing out where like, it's kind of brings up the question of what makes a good pop hit. And yeah. there's like something that's just intangible that you need. 
and then you can't like put your finger on what it is. Yeah. But you know if it's not theirs. Cause like, yeah, it sounds good. Yep. Sounds tight. Yep. Sounds fun. Sounds nice. Yeah. She and she is giving it. And like it's a pretty great pop performance in a way. And there's like this part here. I'm never giving in. Like, yeah, this rules. Yeah. It should rule. This should be a, <laughs> a huge, like, transcendental pop song. Yeah. But it isn't. So Okay, yeah. I. What are you going to do? Yep, I'm I'm with you ultimately There's just on a, this one. Some magic that makes it not as good as the Dirty Dancing song. Oh, I mean, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, is it like, I don't know. And yet this was the hit-ish. Well, yeah. <laughs> But it's it's kind of an open question. So do we think this is in the performance or the songwriting more? Ooh. And I don't know. Because like Leonard Cohen isn't a man you would think of as being capable of writing like a massive pop hit. Yeah. But then he did write Hallelujah, which yeah. it's not a traditional kind of pop hit, uh-huh. but is one of the most well-known songs yeah. of the 20th century. Uh-huh. S- but maybe... Maybe he just isn't capable of writing like this kind of pop hit. I don't know. Yeah. Or as try as they might, they're just the magic wasn't in the air when they performed this song. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to say. I'm afraid I don't have an answer for you, but yeah, I just really didn't have a whole lot to say about yeah. this one. One thing I like about this song and this record as a whole uh-huh. um, is the use of backup singers where they're like, almost just another instrument. Like they're part of the texture of the song. Yeah. Like there's, they sound, they've been so smoothed down that they almost don't even register as humans. Right. And they're like mixed in so well that they blend in with the instruments really well. Mm-hmm. And it just makes for a really cool, like extra element to the sound. Yeah. In, in a lot of these tracks. And this one has some really good use of that. Maybe this is a place to mention that apparently this record is like a benchmark for, uh, audiophiles people who love records that sound really good um what what do you mean like apparently this is a record people point to just like this is how to produce a fantastic sounding record really yeah it's this this so like uh clean and pristine sounding and i don't know i kind of wish i had got the record now and yeah because i've just been listening to this on my airpods and like computer speakers yeah Apparently it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I think it does. It does sound great. It does. It does sound clean. It sounds even better than we know. Yeah. I just wouldn't. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have expected for like it to be a benchmark as you said. Huh? All right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. um, Next up is coming back to you. Yeah. I looked for you in everyone and they called me on that too. I lived alone. But I was only coming back to you. I have one note for this song. Okay. And it's that. Well, <laughs> so I, in various positions in that episode, I talked about how much I loved this song. Yes. Turns out I love Leonard Cohen's performance of this song. Oh, okay. Um, I think this is kind of boring without it. Oh, okay. 
That's all I got. You like this song? Oh, well, here we are again. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I quite like this one. Yeah, it's funny how this is the uh, second but not last uh, version of the song she does where it makes me because like I, I didn't um, I didn't click with coming back to you in, in the way that that you have. And it makes me want to go, you know, I need to give this one another try. I mean, I probably would have anyway, knowing that you really like this one anyway. Um, but yeah, no. I think it's I think it's lovely. I think it start starts off with a tasty little guitar intro. Love yeah, that. It sounds nice. I mean this whole record sounds nice. Yeah. As we just yeah, right. finished discussing. It's a, it's a real benchmark. And uh, <laughs> if I, you know, if I put my own words to this. Uh, but yeah, no, I I I quite I quite like it. I That's think good. yeah. And I I don't know. I don't I don't uh, necessarily see um I mean, she has like her her Jennifer Warren's type performance, but I don't think it's like fundamentally different from anything else she does. I think she's still bringing it real nice. Even even that like those beginning opening lines, just oh, yeah, crisp. Yeah, this might be a case where it's just like I'm so attached mm-hmm. to uh, the original version of the song. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just not very interested in hearing another version, unless maybe it was like wildly different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair. But yeah. And see that that's funny because that's usually my problem. <laughs> but we're switching it up today. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I guess let's just keep moving along. Yeah, sure. This is where we're gonna end it. That this is not the official the, Yeah, the side A or side B is kind of a confusing issue on this record. Because <laughs> yeah. as we mentioned, there's the twentieth anniversary stuff. And for some reason that record was spread across three discs, from what I can tell, which is insane. But anyway, we're going to stop here after a song for Bernadette. Yeah. And then we'll we'll pick up again uh, with The Singer Must Die. So that's what we're calling set A. So song for Bernadette, you may have noticed. We have not heard this before. That's right. Neither on I'm Your Man nor anything before that. Yeah. As cover records go, this one's really generous, especially like coming out in 1987. We had two songs that ended up being on I'm Your Man, but no one had heard them before. Yeah, yeah. And then we had this song that... Even even now doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. So yeah, just as cover records go, that's pretty unusual, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and must have been uh, gratifying for Leonard Cohen fans, right? To, to hear a little extra stuff. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so this was co-written by Leonard Cohen and Jennifer Warren. Right. That's why it is allowed to be on this yes. record. That's why it's a Lenny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they wrote it during the 1979 tour together. Okay. And it sounds like this. Mm-hmm. Just wanna hold you Come on, let me hold you Like Bernadette would do uh, So this song is kind of a mix of two <laughs> backgrounds. Okay. Um, one is that Jennifer Warrens was named Bernadette when she was born. Oh. But her siblings didn't like it. And called her Jennifer. Really? <laughs> so, so they changed it after a week. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. And it's also about uh, St. Bernadette, who I don't know a whole lot about, but <laughs> I've just been reading a little bit of Wikipedia. <laughs> right. And uh, she was a, a young woman who experienced visions of a young lady asking for a chapel to be built. Okay. Near where she lived. Not exactly clear why she's a saint. 
to be honest with right. you. Okay. Um, but the uh, one sentence in this is that her body has remained internally incorrupt, which is a sign of sainthood if you do not uh, decompose. Oh, is that is that to do with like pre- like preparation? No, it's to do with sainthood and being chosen by God. Right, of course. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> How could I be so foolish? Uh, anyway, so this song is kind of a uh, sort of a, a mix of those two ideas. It's mostly about the, the saint, yeah. at least like surface level. But I think that's where Jennifer Warren's found the connection and wanted to write a song about it. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward song about trying to be good, which is a topic that I, I'm always down with. Mm-hmm. I, I think we can always do with more good art that's about trying to be good and how to be good. Yeah. I guess that's kind of a popular subject these days, but there's a lot of it that is lame. So oh, sure. Yeah. It, it, it should be good. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that, it, do it good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. What do you think of this song? I, uh, I don't really care for it all that much, honestly. <laughs> I, I found it to be kind of, uh, boring and, uh, I would probably call this my least favorite one Ooh. on the album. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, cool. We're getting like something like a new song that has not been <laughs> heard before or since. Is that correct? On a recording. Like a Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's done it live, but yeah. I'm not sure. So I was like, that's neat. And I just, I just, mm, I don't know. There's nothing, there's nothing like lyrically I find super evocative. And I find the arrangement just kind of, I don't know. It just doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm not crazy about this one, which is too bad. That's fair. I think, yeah, these lyrics are not like um, top level Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would say that. Uh-huh. But I think I find something nice in the uh, the simple approach here, both musically and lyrically. Cool. And I find I'm less bored by this than by just like a straight ahead rendition of a song we already know. Uh-huh. Um, like with Coming Back to You or whatever. Okay. Um, just because like I've spent way less time with this song, obviously. Right. Yeah. So it's still interesting to try to like dig into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and there is stuff that I, I like about it. I like uh, the second verse. We've been around. We fall. We fly. We mostly fall and mostly run. And every now and then we try to mend the damage that we've done. Hmm. Which could maybe use one more pass at editing. It says, Ye- it says fall twice for yeah. no reason. But at the same time, it's uh, it's a pretty sweet image of humanity. Yeah. We mostly fall and mostly run. And every now and then we try to mend the damage that we've done. Yeah. and Yeah. It's a nice, like simple sort of like deck, like declaration. On, yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the chorus, you know, just talking about how everybody's sad, find a lot of hearts that are broken, but I just want to hold you. Come on, let me hold you like Bernadette would do. Is interesting to, uh, if we like bring this idea of, this like alternate ghost version of Jennifer Warren's right into our understanding of the song. Uh huh. Then that makes that it just adds an extra layer of like uh, 
pathos or whatever. Mm. Um, if we just, you know, if we think of like, uh, we're always trying to do good and be better and love each other. Yeah. But it's so difficult that it, sometimes it feels like only these like ghost better versions of ourselves are the only ones that could actually do that. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that just uh, makes my heart go a little bit. So that's great. That's nice. Yeah. Excellent. Mostly. Yeah. It's not, I don't know how much I'll be listening to the song uh-huh. uh, in the future, but I'm glad it's here. It's cool to get a new song on this record. Yeah. And I mostly liked it. Great. And now we've come to what we've decided is the end. <laughs> the Lenny and Coco unofficial side A yeah. is complete. St. Bernadette is dead, Ooh. but not decomposed. Yeah. Thank you, sainthood. <laughs> uh, okay. I guess that's that. We'll see you in a couple of days for the rest of Famous Blue Raincoat. See you then, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. bye bye